It's Wednesday, the 22nd, and today's scripture passage is 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 18. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it, is, for it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptize none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim the gospel, and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Three questions we usually ask of scripture is, how is God getting my attention? What is God saying to me? And what's one way I can put this scripture into action? If you want additional readings, today's additional readings are Psalm 40, verses 6 through 17, Isaiah 48, verses 12 through 21, and Matthew 9, verses 14 through 17. Crow. Hey, how's it going? Great. So uh, can okay? I can hear you just fine. Excellent. Thanks for joining in with me on this. Did you uh, did you have a chance to read the passage? Yep. Yeah, I read it this morning, and then I was just uh, going through it right now. So. Okay. Have you been like? What's your level of engagement with the Bible reading plan? Uh, I'm right in on it. Uh, I have also been uh, working through the Gospel of John, so um, I, right. fell, I fell a couple days behind, but I'm catching right back up. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So what did you think of First Corinthians chapter 1, 10 through 18? Well, uh, one of the things that struck me is uh, that some of the members of Chloe's household um, reached out to Paul for some quarrels going on. So my first, um, the first thing I wanted to, to dive into was what were the quarrels that they were having? Yeah. What was going on in the church that, that prompted this family to reach out like this, you know? And so I have this, uh, the Jesus centered Bible and it has these cliff notes on the side. Um, uh, and this is from uh, Jonathan, uh, Salgado or something. I can't pronounce his last name, but um, he says, uh, Paul is writing to the local church that is caught up in tension between its calling to live under obedience to Jesus Christ and its cities permitting temptations of immorality, corruption, and idolatry. So, I, you know, after reading that, I thought, you know, uh, those temptations are still with us today. I mean, we still battle with those temptations today. Um, and idolatry stuck out like um, 
and it's not adultery, it's idolatry. So it's, it's referring to idols, you know, yeah. idols within our lives. So I, I think of like, um, putting our trust in, uh, the world, uh, and putting our trust in, uh, finances and money. Those were the two things that I got out of it. Yeah. Finances, money are, are two, are, are, are some uh, big idols in our culture. Yeah. There's more, but yeah. Paul seems to take this really, really seriously. I mean, first Corinthians and second Corinthians, he seems really, um, concerned about the yeah. church. Yeah. And Chloe must have been concerned enough to tell him about what was going on. And it's like this letter, the whole letter is written to basically give some correction um, to all that. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that too. And uh, um, the thing that was that I was kind of pointed to was the divisions part of it. Um, you know, uh, see that in what you say that, that there be no divisions among you, that you'd be perfectly united in mind and thought. Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, the church and how it's divided today as well. And, um, and then he talks about, you know, there's various speakers who maybe come through, maybe Apollos and Cephas and Paul, they've all kind of come through to give encouragement to the church, but like to kind of build off of what you're saying, that idolatry is so strong. And I wonder if they've kind of made idols out of these leaders, those men. Yeah. Apollos and Cephas and Paul, they've kind of grabbed onto their teaching and gone, well, I think Apollos is the best. And, you know, I'm, I think about that with like, uh, like we have that, you know, we can be tempted to be like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a seeker sensitive church or we're a, you know, we're a Bible believing church or we're a, you know, a 3DM church or a missional church or a, you know, whatever it is. Right. We can have divisions too. Even looking down on like, uh, I mean, you know, we talk about, we have some, we've had conversation about the traditional church down the road or, you know, whatever. Yeah. And even looking down on other denominations or other styles of worship or whatever, I, I felt a little bit convicted about that. Like, yeah. I, I, do I really promote a u- unity of the body of Christ or do I feed right into the polarization that's so common in our world? Right. That I think, I think, uh, well, it's funny that you said that because uh, further down in that, this, uh, this author um, writes down here, um, it says, uh, the church at Corinth is also divided over differences among the leaders. And it says intellectual pride, Paul points out, is at the center of this division. Yeah. And I, th- I think, uh, you know, I've never looked at um, the Bible in that way. I've always referred to Paul's letters as Paul's letters. But the bottom line is that is, is the focus is on Jesus, you know, yeah. and not in the letters are just for us to, um, to refer to the history, uh, and, and what they went through. Uh, but the main focus is on Jesus. Yeah. That was a, for me, that was a really, uh, like I, I came not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross be emptied of its power. Right. Um, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Um, I thought, Man, that's a that's a huge caution for me as a pastor, and you're an elder, and also on the you you're going to be preaching this year at Victory Point, and you're a leader, right? How tempting it is to, um, or how easy it is to go into uh, eloquence and wisdom, and 
to appear a certain way or to project myself a certain way in front of others in order to be followed. Right. You know, I, I don't want people to abandon me or to not follow my lead. So I want to do my best job at leading people. Right. And how, how easy it is to go towards wisdom and eloquence and how counterproductive that is that if I get people just following me and not following Jesus, or if I point attention towards me, how hard it is to point attention away from myself to become foolish, so to speak in the world, world's eyes, in order that people are pointed to the cross so that they're not seeing anything, you know, intrinsic in me that's worth following, but that I'm an example of God's grace at work in an imperfect person. Right. Um, that's really hard to uh, have that leadership posture. And it was even hard for Paul, it sounds like. I mean, he's in the list of people that uh, have been idol- uh, idolized in by the Corinthians. Yeah, and, and Paul even brings that up and he says, uh, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you, you know, except a couple of people, you know, because, you know, he, he doesn't want to be held up in that esteem of this, this, you know, person, you know, above Jesus. He wants me to be focused right on Jesus, you know, but that's what I love about um, victory point. And I was, I was thinking about that earlier about like a lot of the bigger, you know, um, the bigger churches, uh, around town. And like you said, I'll be preaching later on this year. Um, who would allow, uh, some, something like that to happen at their church, you know, and victory point is one of those churches that, um, I think likes to build leaders and likes to teach leaders and, and teach leading and, uh, te- most importantly, teach people how to, um, pray and be led by the Holy spirit. So that when, like when you or Matt or anybody are up on stage, you know, we pray for guidance of the Holy spirit through your message, you know, so that it's not pointed at you guys, but pointed, you know, that the Holy spirit brings it in and then the Holy spirit goes out into the, into the congregation. Well, I hope so. I hope, yeah. I hope that's the case. And I, I hope that's the way we're the direction we're growing in. Yeah. You know? And um, it's, it's really being vulnerable in front of other people. And it's, uh, it, and I really, I think a lot has to do with victory points uh, courage to uh, receive that kind of leadership, you know, to, to not, you know, the, the whole value of being about development over delivery is kind of what I think of. Um, and wanting to make sure that we are not uh, idolizing perfection. Right. Or some kind of well-crafted everything, uh, but that there's room for mistakes not for mistake's sake, but for the sake of um, allowing, you know, not putting perfection at the top means that we're allowing Christ to be the center and uh, that we're a community of grace. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for talking about this with me, Matt. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I, I love this passage. When I first read it, I was like, I don't know what to say about this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had to read it about seven or eight times before I, I, first of all, before I just understood it. And then like three or four other times to go like, what is this really speaking to me? And then, right. And then having a conversation with you uh, just gets me pumped about it. So thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And, and, and that's the cool thing about scripture is that, you know, I mean, we could come back to this same passage next year and it's going to speak different to us. Totally different. Sure. It's, you know? it's who's the, I forget who says this, but scripture 
is not wearied by the um, waves of time. You know, it's not eroded. It's always always strong and always um, constant. So I always call it the everlasting gobstopper. (laughs) (laughs) I just watched Willy Wonka with my uh, my girls a couple couple nights ago. It's funny. Yeah. That's a perfect analogy. I like it. All right, cool. Thank you for, uh, you know, tasting the everlasting gobstopper with me today. Yeah. Yeah. No problem, brother. We'll do it again. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.